I hope I'm getting that in the right key so it fades in nicely with the uh, with the intro music. But welcome to Trail Tales, everybody. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I'm a through hiker. I'm a backpacker. I am a huge hiking nerd. And every single week on this show, on this podcast, I chat with other through hikers and other backpackers and other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. This is such a fun one. This episode, I, I know I say that in every single introduction. Imagine if I came on here and I was like, about their experiences on the trail. This episode sucks ass. Now, of course, I'm not going to do that. But this, it, they're always fun. That's the thing, folks. I'm not going to BS you. This was a great episode. Jessica Poo is back on the show. She hiked the AT back in 2018. She's done the Colorado Trail. She's done a bunch of other stuff. And uh, we, we, had a, we had a good theme for this one. We each went through five things that we've done to go ultra light that are just stupid. Just the most ridiculous things, some of which are useful, some of which aren't. Just just ridiculous, stupid things we've done to save weight. Yeah, I mean, I just said it there. That's what we did. We each went through five. I also just said that. Ten total. I can do math. Uh, it was this this introduction's going off the rails, but it was what I'm trying to say is it was awesome. And you're you're gonna love it, dude. You're gonna love it. And if you do love it, I haven't said this in a while. Uh, please give the show a five-star review. Um, you ever heard a podcaster ask you to do that before? You probably haven't. Uh, here I am. Five-star reviews. They help the show. They make me feel just nice and warm and fuzzy inside. And it's just, it's amazing. I love you if you do that. And also, tell a friend. Tell a, tell a friend, a loved one. Um, even somebody you hate. I don't care. Just tell somebody. Tell the guy on the street down the corner. I don't know. Tell someone about the show. Word of mouth is also a great way that the show grows. The great way we can inspire more people to get into backpacking, especially with these episodes that are not so serious and where we're just having fun because, you know, backpacking and ultralight is very serious business. Don't get me wrong, but uh, not always. So anyways, without further ado, let's get into it. Episode number 142. This is going to rhyme. Ready? Episode 142 with Jessica Poo. Woo! here we go i am i'm excited this is gonna be this is gonna be a great way to uh, end the weekend it's it's sunday night right now for everybody listening and uh what what better way to end a nice weekend of rain up here in new hampshire uh than talking about ultralights and uh in particular talking about some of the <laughs> some of the dark sides of ultralight which is way more dramatic than this is actually going to be. It's not even the dark side. I mean, you saw the title of the episode. Ten of the stupidest things that myself and my guest have done uh, to go ultralight. And speaking of my guest, I'm so excited to welcome back to the show, Jessica Pooh. How's it going? Hey, it's good. And you? It's, it's, it's going fantastic. Um, for those of you listening, hopefully you've heard Jessica's other episodes. Um not too long ago, I guess it was. I guess it was a couple months ago. Now, um, we did our our like, what was it like? Way through hiking has like changed, changed us, changed yeah. us like off trail kind of vibes, um, which was a really fun episode. So everyone should go listen to that. Um, but also, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with uh, Jessica's husband Baker, who's been on the show a bunch. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was his idea. Actually, this episode, right? I think so. It was triggered by something he said, I think, in one of his most recent episodes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I don't even remember it. It's, it's probably on the recording somewhere, but um, we're following through and we're doing it. So thank you to Baker for coming up with the idea. And Jessica, um, how's it going? Are you excited for this? Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's maybe a little misleading to list me on an ultralight episode because I... I'm very close to qualifying as ultralight, but I'm not quite there. So what's your definition of ultralight then? I think the definition is base weight, 10 pounds or less. Mm -hmm. And I tend to get between 10 and 11 pounds. <laughs> That's such a... <laughs> okay, this is... We're already off to a great start. This is such an ultralight thing to be like, well, I mean, technically, it's only like 10.3 pounds, so... I'm splitting not... ounces. I'm splitting hairs. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that between 10 and 11 pounds is pretty darn ultralight. Um and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that would agree. Because, I mean, honestly, I don't even know exactly. And, you know, your base weight fluctuates a little bit depending on yeah. each trip. But, like, generally speaking, 
I'm probably just about there too. I, I really doubt that I'm under 10 pounds. And when you count my camera gear, which I usually don't count in my base weight mm-hmm. because I like to cheat. And also because <laughs> most people don't, you know, most people I mean, aren't you carrying. wear it on your shoulder strap, right? That's is it worn? Wa- <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad somebody is justifying this. But but no, it's like most people aren't carrying a big camera setup and stuff. So no. I guess on the AT, I wasn't carrying it. But I don't know. Um, anyways, I think we have pretty similar base weights. And I don't know everything that Jessica is going to bring up in this episode. But based on a few of the uh, the points that we talked about before we started and also some of the stuff that Baker said in the last episode, it seems like you've done some some you've you've put in some work to go you all i'll just say that so i think you should give yourself a little bit more credit um (laughs) with that said okay so we're each going to go through five things um a couple of mine are not even things that i'm doing currently or actually pretty only one of them really is um and they're just things i've done in the past that i did to save weight Um, i'm sure a couple of them have been talked about on the show before but it's been a while so i'm going to start and I had to start with just the classic UL thing, okay? So I promise we'll get a little bit more unique, but the first stu- – it's just objectively stupid, let's be honest. Like the first like stupid thing I've done to go ultra light is I cannot bring myself to carry a full-size toothbrush. I can't do it. And I don't buy one of the mini ultralight ones either or one of the ones they give you in like prison um, that you can buy on like Gossamer Gear's website or whatever. Um <laughs> I just straight up cut the handle off that shit, dude. I can't. I can't help it. Do you? Do you do that as well? Do you, don't tell oh, me you carry. Your no, full size. I do not. I carry what? a travel size toothbrush, one that like comes uh, apart and folds into oh, itself. It weighs fair. like less than an ounce. That's fair. Though. Um, because I just I like that it's the Brussels bristles aren't exposed in my my bag where I, whenever I pack it, and I like having a little bit of extra handle because I was with Baker. I don't know if he told this story or not. He when he hiked the Florida Trail, cut the handle off his toothbrush. I think on the AT he he switched to a travel toothbrush as well. Um, because they're really light and then you can change them out when they get gross halfway through the trail. Um, but I'm like, oh, he was brushing his teeth and was just like going a little too ham and somehow popped the whole toothbrush and out of his hand and like it flew across like where <laughs> the campground, the campsite and got in the dirt and then it was all dirty. So he didn't wash it off and then continue using it until we got to town. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm good. No. See, every time I like bring up the whole cutting the handle off the toothbrush thing, I always forget that like you could just buy a travel toothbrush. Honestly, I really should start doing that. I don't really give a fuck about being clean, to be honest. I kind of I usually just put my people. <laughs> this is gonna make some people cringe. Um, I hope my girlfriend doesn't listen to this, but a lot of time <laughs> I just um, I just put my toothbrush just in my food bag, like not even mm-hmm. as a. I just <laughs> I just put it in my food bag. <laughs> I mean, inside the food bag's better than like loose. Like I usually have a little. Well, no, it's like loose that, like... inside my tooth inside my food bag. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's fine, though. Like, the food bag itself, though, is, I mean, probably fairly cleaner than the place where you're, like, stuffing, like, your regular dry bag where you're stuffing all of your clothes and your rain jacket when it's damp. And, like, Eh. I mean, I guess you're not putting the rain jacket inside the dry bag. But, um, I mean, I put mine – this is a weird thing. This is, like, an anti-ultralight thing, actually. I hike – and I threw hikes the entire AT with deodorant. And I didn't do the ultralight part. I looked at every deodorant in the store, men's degree – Travel size is the lightest one. It's like 1.2 ounces, okay? 1.2 ounces. It's not heavy, y'all, okay? Um, but I put that in the same toiletry bag as my, like, toothbrush goes into. Mm. And one time, the deodorant crumpled a little bit. And even with the little travel case, which, thank God, I had the travel case and not a loose toothbrush. Um, I don't know if you've ever accidentally got deodorant in your mouth, but it's gnarly. Uh, um, I don't think I have. Yeah, it doesn't sound good, though. It's not a fun time. I got a couple um, of armpit hairs in there, too. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I don't know that that's ever happened to me, but I could see how it would happen to me if I were to. That could happen. It would definitely happen to me. <laughs> Damn. Okay, we got to take a little side side note on the deodorant thing. I gotta. <laughs> I, I, this is gonna come off like condescending. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but it doesn't do nothing. Why? Why carry it? Um, because it just. Well, I also hike with, and this is this is where this is gonna get a little weird. Like I, I do a lot of ultralight. <laughs> things to the stuff I carry, but I carry a lot of non-ultralight things. Okay. Well, that's I want to throw that clear this up before people get mad. Like, how can you consider yourself? And I don't consider myself ultralight. I'm close to ultralight. <laughs> um, I also carry baby wipes. I dehydrate them first. I dry them out and I carry them dry. Um, but I, every night on the AT, maybe like 
six out of seven nights, not every night when I was when I was feeling lazy, I'd skip it. But I would take one of those little baby wipes and I'd wet it up and I'd clean my armpits and my feet. Um, and I'd get a second one and do my face. Um, just cause I mean, I only got blisters once on the entire AT. And I think for me, that was why, mm-hmm. um, was keeping the feet clean. See, so, see, the baby mm-hmm. wipes seem much more reasonable to me. Like I know Flossie, <laughs> he, he carries baby wipes. Also, mm-hmm. I, I got to digress even more. I just think it's so funny that there's, there's, there's probably very few people listening that are like, oh, like she carries baby wipes. That's not UL, but maybe, maybe in theory. At I don't least, know if there's... Jupiter's listening. I'm gonna get wrecked. <laughs> no, he's too nice to do that. But um, <laughs> but he like just in theory, there. I guess this guy out there could exist. That's like, oh, like baby wipes. That's not UL. But then the, I guarantee you, there's way more people listening to this, hearing you talk about Judging dehydrating. No, no, no. Well, maybe that, oh. but no. I guarantee you, there's people listening that are like hearing you talk about like well i don't consider myself ultralight but i do dehydrate my baby wipes and i guarantee you there's way more people listening that are like oh wow she is really ultralight she's dehydrating I'm you, it saves you so much weight though like you literally just when you buy them on trail you just leave you unpackage them out you lay them down in your hotel room overnight and they'll dry out it's not like i love it anyways but yeah so that's the reason i feel like the deodorant it just helps a little bit it keeps my body from getting like really stinky like the clothes get gnarly yeah but it helps it helps with the body perma stank Mm -hmm. because otherwise i feel like a lot of people will get like a perma stank and even after they shower it'll still take a couple of days of showering for the body stank to go away oh yeah um and it just it makes me feel better too because like i Baker always jokes at me because I sometimes get mad when I'm on trail and it's like really planty or something. And he's like, oh, is there too much nature in your nature experience? <laughs> I, I love through hiking. I don't love being sweaty or damp. Yeah. Um, and so the de- having like a, a antiperspirant deodorant helps with that feeling of like, ooh, I'm moist. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> also, t- I mean, couldn't you just count it as a consumable too? I mean, you're, I, you're using I it guess. up. I guess. I know. also count my toilet paper and my base weight, though, because I carry – I get made fun of for how much toilet paper I carry because I carry it on the outside of my pack where it's visible. And, like, I carry an entire roll for every two days. Wow. Tons. Because <laughs> I ran out on the AT. I got Giardia and I ran out and had a really bad – you carry your fears, right? I had a bad time. <laughs> so toilet paper is my fear. And so I carry a lot of toilet paper. Fair enough. And I think that at that level – and I also pack it out, right? Like, Because I'm not going to bury or dig a hole every time I pee. And I use toilet paper every time I pee. I've tried like the cool cloths and stuff. I hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't do like the shake method that a lot of girls do. It just doesn't work for me. Um, and so I pack out my toilet paper most of the times when I'm using it. Mm-hmm. So – I, See, I don't count it as consumable. So you keep talking about how like your I say that you said it like twice, but um, how how your base weight is you know just just barely too much to be considered UL. I think if we just <laughs> you don't even have to change anything you're carrying. You're just gonna swap a couple of these things to consumable, like swap the toilet paper. I guess if you're packing it out, but yeah, we won't tell anybody. Um, and swap the deodorant. I mean that right there might get you a little bit closer. And and as we get deeper into this episode, I have a feeling that we're gonna uh find a few more things so we'll, we'll keep an eye yeah. maybe maybe we can get you officially by whatever this which it <laughs> seems definition yeah I and mean, this is also my summer base weight like shoulder season it changes completely yeah of course of um, course but and i haven't checked my base weight i bought some new gear recently so i don't know what my base weight would be once i calculate that in because like i bought a heavier quilt because it's a zero degree which means i won't need to carry so many clothes to oh. sleep in at night so like i I, th- I did the math and I think it saves me like two ounces, which isn't a lot, but it's nice to carry less things. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. No, it, sh- it should work. Um, I, did you weigh the all the new stuff they put in your knee and everything too? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. There's a lot of hardware in there. Like you can actually <laughs> visibly see the plate from the outside. Wow. The plate they put in is huge. Yeah. I hope it's titanium. I think it's plastic. <laughs> Ooh. All right, all right. At least it's not aluminum. Um, yeah, because it was 3D printed. So Wow, okay, interesting. Anyways, yeah. um, okay, so that's my first one. We got way off on the toothbrush thing, but that's okay, because that's pretty basic anyways. Um, what is, what's number two, Jessica? One of the stupidest things you've done to go ultralight? I'm going to do another really basic one. Okay, um, we'll get the basic ones out of the way. Yeah, it's the obvious. Um, before, I think even before we hiked the AT, like before I'd even bothered to invest in any like ultralight gear when I was using um, the very literally the very first trip we ever t- went on I've used my school backpack oh nice <laughs> and it's like a tiny backpack. it's like a children's backpack it's not like a normal adult eh, it's probably light 
<laughs> true. You know what? True. Okay. <laughs> Kudos to me. Um, but anyways, after that, I found an old backpacking backpack in the closet at my parents' house. So like I wasn't using anything ultralight, but I did <laughs> cut all of the tags out of all of my clothing and um, all of the labels off of peeled labels off of my bottles. Um, and any when I did finally get like my own gear, which I didn't even buy ultralight gear for the AT um, because I was just struggling to find a pack that like was comfortable. Um, and I ended up picking a pack that was like almost two and a half pounds. Like it was a heavy pack. What pack was um, it? It was the osprey um the it's it's not the kite it's whatever the men's version is maybe uh-huh. it is the kite it's a 36 it was a 36 liter day pack oh wow um, interesting yeah that had like a bottom zippered pocket that was separate from the rest of the interior of the bag oh and that was why i wanted it because i thought i was going to store like my clothes down there to keep them separate from everything else and obviously i ended up not using that pocket at all and the <laughs> weight of the zipper was pointless but um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I picked. I ended up picking that one because everything else was just huge on me. Because um, I'm four foot ten for reference, y'all. Like this is part of how I get so close to ultralight without really being that committed. Is just because like I every I am smaller and all of my gear is smaller, so it's like a cheat code. You're um, not and then committed, also, you say. <laughs> <laughs> as I cut everything off of my clothes, yeah. Um, and I also cut like extra straps off of all of my bags, even my Z packs. Um, I think it's the arc light is the one I'm using now. Um, like I literally, I actually got after Joe hiked the AT with the Z-Pax arc light, didn't really love it. After the AT, I was like, Hey, can I buy that from you? And he was like, dude, it's in terrible condition. Just have it. And so mm. I got it from him and like replaced a few of the parts and also took off any extra straps off of a Z-Pax arc light, which weighs like a pound and a half, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not even, I think it's like, I don't remember, 23 ounces. It's 23 ounces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently gave it to another friend now that I bought myself a new one because the one Joe gave me, it lasted through the Colorado Trail. It won't do another through hike. It's still good, but it won't do another through hike. Mm -hmm. Um, So I gave it to her and like she immediately looked at the bottom and was like, where am I going to put my like my sleeping bag or my sleeping pad? There's no attachment straps. There's hooks, (laughs) but no straps. And I was like, oh, um, I don't know where those are. (laughs) That's so funny. They're gone. So did you you, like actually quantify what the difference was? Like after you cut everything off? I think I did. The first time I, I don't cut the tags out of clothes anymore unless they're like itchy or scratchy. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I just buy things that don't have tags now preferentially. But um, I, the tags were less than an ounce, unsurprising. Um, <laughs> the straps off the pack I think were like, I cut it like an ounce and a half off. That's actually straps, way I actually, more like, than I would have thought, honestly. Well, cause, well, that was on the um, the Osprey, right? Because those were like the the corded, oh. like the the heavy, more heavy duty type straps. And yeah. I like removed most of the external straps, and I also like the hip belt straps and the shoulder straps. Like when I cinched them down and stuff, I like cut them mm-hmm. to like not quite my length, like you know, a little extra. Yeah, but I didn't like. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. I've I I don't think I've ever done this. I'm trying to think. And like this is this is it is really kind of another classic thing. I have had the idea for a video where I'll just like take all my gear and then just because I think it'd be kind of funny because it'd probably be like a negligible difference, but like just see how much weight I can save by cutting shit from like everything. <laughs> but I, I'm just afraid I'm gonna end up just like ruining my gear just for one video, and I don't really want to do that. So. Yeah, I would say maybe take like your old gear that you're like ready to be done with, because like yeah. for a while we kept a lot of our old gear, thinking like, oh well, if we have a friend who wants to come backpacking mm-hmm. with us, we'll have something to loan them, which did actually happen. Like the girl I started the Colorado Trail with, the first couple times I like overnight backpacked with her, like we loaned her a lot of our gear. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was useful. So you could do use gear like that. Yeah, I definitely have some stuff floating around. So maybe I'll have to give it a try. I don't know. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to think like I don't even I did have to cut part of my uh, backpack on the PCT but that wasn't to save weight that was just because my <laughs> sternum strap broke and I had to have another oh, no. another piece of uh, what do you call it just like uh, webbing I guess to like mm-hmm. just kind of jerry rig it up but no I, ha- I haven't actually cut do you have to hike with your sternum strap clipped yeah isn't that what everybody does I don't know I'm trying to think I don't know if I hike I, I guess really? maybe I do hike my spine strapped I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean. No, I think I do strap it. It okay, feels weird. It feels weird. weird with that, especially when I have my camera too, because then it's kind of like mm. pulling the weight mm-hmm. in a different direction a little bit. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, both Flossie and my sternum straps broke on the PCT, Oof. which was which is interesting. Like I thought, I thought that I don't know why his broke. I know that I was cinching mine like 
pretty aggressively, like probably more mm-hmm. aggressively than I needed to. And I'm sure that had something to do with it. Um, but I was able to fix it. So it, it wasn't really a big deal, but anyways, um, let's go on to number three. So this one is, I, I definitely mentioned this in a YouTube video. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in a podcast before, but, um, let's see back in, Oh, you know what? Actually, it was back in 2021. Um, when I was in Colorado and uh, we met up with you guys. I and bought I went to the wrong town. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I bought a charging cable for my phone that was like two inches long, and my my <laughs> you know on paper it made sense, right? Because like you know it's just you don't why carry like you know a normal length charging cord like you don't really need that much like doesn't add any benefit to the charging aspect. And so I just bought this tiny little charging cord. And to be fair, when I was just plugging my phone into my power bank, it was fine still. Um, Mm -hmm. But we were in town. We were at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And it was like a really like packed restaurant. I think it was in Buena Vista. Mm -hmm. And um, there was like not that many outlets. And so I I did find an outlet finally. And it was like right below the – like one of the registers for this for the servers and so they, there's constantly like people coming over there and like doing their thing and you know i wasn't trying to get in their way obviously um and make it a hassle for them and so i i, I found this like one little outlet and it was just high enough off the ground that my i couldn't rest my phone on the ground when it was plugged in <laughs> And so I had to like awkwardly maneuver it and my phone's just like hanging there and it was just like, and I couldn't, let alone like if I had tried to use it, I couldn't have like plugged it in and then just used it, you know, because um, mm-hmm. it was only like a couple inches long. So like, it was just a huge mistake. I regretted it immediately as soon as I went to plug it into the wall at this restaurant and it was stupid. And I was like, man, how much weight did I actually save with this stupid <laughs> tiny charger? And it, it was dumb, but um, it's also kind of funny because um, when I talked about this in a video, it was probably like a year and a half or two years ago now. Um, Taylor, uh, New Hampshire, who's been on the show a couple times and is back on the AT again this year, she had also talked about how she did this. She made the same mistake, and we just like <laughs> arrived at it like just coincidentally. I think we she had mentioned it recently in one of her videos too, and I was like, I did that shit too. So don't make it. So it's it happens, folks. Don't. You know, you don't have to carry a, a five foot charger, but you, you got to have something that's at least long enough where you can like use your phone easily when it's plugged in still. I don't know. Baker and I had one of those cables on the AT and oh, luckily we had multiple cables because we had multiple phones. Um, and we actually um, had to have a lot of cables because all of our gear was micro USB. My phone was an iPhone and his was an Android with a USB-C. And so what he actually did, which was really interesting, is he found these little adapters that can convert micro USB into USB-C. Yeah, I, so I have one had, of those too. I have one yeah, of those too. They were great. And so he just he put two of those in our little tech bag just like in case he lost one. Yeah. Um, and they're super tiny. They, I don't know what they weigh, but they're tiny. Um, and so we had one of those like stupid like little like end-to-end dongles that like basically has no cord. Yeah. Um, and then – and that was good for charging things in the tent. And then he had a longer one for his phone that he could put the USB-C adapter on or whatever we were charging. And we had um, mine, which was, I think, a normal like three-foot cable. But yeah. I actually think that a longer cable is a good idea um, for like weight to reward ratio. Because like what if you're in a place where like – I know on the – I think on the Florida Trail, one of the times he had to like charge his things from like an outlet on the ceiling. Oh, or like really high up on a wall at yeah. like a gas station. Sometimes you see those and that's like an op- that's like your best option, you know? Or yeah. and also having um the a double wall brick with more than one port. That was a lifesaver oh, for us. Yeah. Since, especially since there were two of us. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all on board with that. I think the sweet spot <laughs> is maybe having because usually I'll usually carry two two cables, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe having two cables is the is the move and having one be a normal length one, say. And then mm-hmm. one being a short one. I mean, we're really getting into the weeds of saving weight now, but like, <laughs> you know, it's like in, in an optimal setup anyways, uh, I think that is the move. Because then you have one that you can just charge with normally. And if you're sitting at the hotel or whatever, you can use your phone mm-hmm. while it's plugged in still while the, you know, it's, it's plugged in uh, next to the bed or whatever. But then you still have a short one for just like your power bank or just anything yeah. else that's charging. Um, but yeah, no, I did find out at that restaurant that like, having some flexibility with the length of your cord is is uh is beneficial it's worth, worth the extra quarter ounce <laughs> when you're when you're just like 
you know, finding these outlets and random nooks and crannies and stuff. Yeah, I can definitely, it can definitely be, be uh, beneficial. And then certainly having multiple, uh, you know, what would you call them? Uh, just where you plug it in the USB ports or whatever. Multiple ports. Yeah. yeah. Or, or on the PCT, I think I had, instead of having a, uh, you know, a, a wall plug that had two on it, two ports on it. I just carried two smaller individual ports, mm-hmm. which seems well, to do fine. <laughs> What's that? That's not weight optimal. I, no, I think it was though, actually, because I'm they were, teasing. they were, they were both like the, like the smallest, like lightest ports mm-hmm. I could find. And so I think, I think it, I think it worked out. I ended up losing yeah. one of them anyways, and just having to buy whatever I found at the gas station. So Oof. yeah, that was a bummer. But, um, Anyways, uh, so that's number three. Uh, what's number four on the list, Jessica? So this one is both a thing I've done to save weight, but also a thing I've done because of some of my other ultralight decisions. <laughs> so again, on the ATA, I had a 36-liter pack. The, the, the arc, whatever, arc blast that I'm using with um, Z-Packs is huge compared to that. It's massive. But with when I had the 36-liter pack, space was at a premium, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a small, small pack. Um and so in order to make my food fit, if we had more than like two days of food, I would pre-open everything, repackage anything that was bulky, pull out all of the little silica things, and then like <laughs> throw all of that away and repackage them. And I actually like, you know, every time I'd hold them in my hand, it'd be a large, you know, stack of things. I'd be like, this feels like it weighs two or three ounces. Like I've saved almost a quarter pound. This is great. <laughs> and save space. Um so, it, but it, mostly that was just out of desperation to make things fit in my tiny pack. Yeah, that's fair. I, I feel like that's a pretty reasonable one. I mean, I guess it depends. I probably would go to the extreme of pulling out the little like uh, preservation packets or whatever those things are, and like they're heavy though, dude. Yeah, I guess they. I guess they probably could be. I don't know. I probably wouldn't go that far, but like certainly things like um, like I buy a lot of mac and cheese, and you won't catch me carrying the uh, the the cardboard box that the mac and cheese. I always. <laughs> I, I would always throw that in a Ziploc. Um, I guess, if anything, I mean, I'm sure a Ziploc's lighter than the box, but at that point, it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it's more for the, the space aspect, kind of like you mentioned mm-hmm. there. Well, and also, I also, when I'm shopping for food on trail, I often think about how heavy will the trash from this food be? Because that you have to pack out and it stays in your pack. And that's why I don't love like the freeze-dried like backpacker meals is because those bags, A, they're large trash. And B, they're kind of heavy trash. Yeah. Um, so I don't love carrying those even though they're tasty. That is a good point. I Honestly, that's something I really haven't thought about very much. <laughs> but that is like so true. Um, mm-hmm. What you could do is you could just buy one of those meals and then just save the bag. And then when you buy more, you could just like empty the contents into a Ziploc and then just keep reusing the same bag. It might get a little... Or very nasty inside, but I mean. <laughs> when Baker and I are not through hiking, actually, we do that. We save those bags and we bring them home and we wash them. And on our next backpacking, like, weekend trip or whatever, we fill them again with, like, food we bought from the grocery store. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. That's an, that's an interesting concept, though. Like, thinking about the weight of your trash. I definitely – although, to be fair, I don't think I'm eating many things that have heavy trash. I can't really think of anything else besides – like those dehydrated meals because those bags certainly do take up a lot of volume and, and take up a lot of weight as well but mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think i know sometimes this isn't really ul but i started like packing out avocados sometimes on the pct Ooh. and i mm-hmm. would and it was and flossy was doing it too and this is like the flossy had a pretty lightweight setup too don't get me wrong but like i would always split the avocado just like sitting on the you know the sidewalk outside the grocery store and pull out the pit and throw that away. Yeah. But Flossie was always like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have even, if I was planning to eat it the first night, I probably would have even thrown away the skin too. Because if you pack it in the ba- a Ziploc bag and like squeeze out enough of the oh, air, yeah. it's not going to brown too bad. Yeah, that's not, that's a that's a pretty good point. I never even thought about that. Although to be <laughs> honest, at that point, I'd probably just be too lazy. Because I already felt like enough of a weirdo just like cutting open an avocado on the sidewalk. I met someone on the we met someone on the AT who was doing that, who was doing exactly what you're talking about, and they would like open it, throw away the pit, and put it back together and store it that way. Mm-hmm. So, mm, sorry, um, you're good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Avocados are not liquid. I'll tell you that right right now. But damn, those things taste good. Feels good. Yeah, like and it's good for your body. It's, it's kind of hard to get like healthy fat sources on trail. Yeah, like it's basically just carbs and more carbs. So yeah, exactly. And I feel like I don't know the exact amount of calories in an avocado but since it is like mostly fat i feel like for you know something 
fresh and natural vegetable it's probably got more calories. It's as good as it's going to get. Yeah, it's like, you know, you could pack out a green pepper, but there's hardly any, you know. It'd be like 20 calories. <laughs> there's certainly some some nutritional benefits to that, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's just not super calorie efficient. Although I think I did pack out, you know, I have packed out peppers before. And <laughs> and you know what I did? I On the sidewalk outside the store, once again, I cut them open. And I pulled out all the seeds and all the extra yes. bullshit and the stem and stuff. <laughs> yes, because carrying like the core and the other things, like that's why I don't pack out things like apples or like fruit with pits because then you got to carry the pit or the, yeah. the, the core and all that stuff and it's heavy and then it's, it starts to go off and it smells funky in your yeah. trash bag. Um, yeah, no, for sure not. Yeah, we have, um, I did frequently on the AT actually, first day out of town, I would pack out a, a bag of salad kit and eat that. Oh, that's a good um, idea. That was always lit. Yeah, that was lit. It's heavy that's trash. Really though. The trash is heavy. Is it? <laughs> Just because the um, anything with like any kind of liquid in it, um, even when you squeeze it out, there's still gonna be liquid inside of that little pack. So like the 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 dressing packet. Oh, be, I see. I mean, it's not like heavy, heavy. It's trash, but like for trash, it was heavier than like a, a granola wrapper. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is so awesome. Um, okay, what's uh that was number that was four. number four. Okay. <laughs> So number five, um, this is probably the dumbest thing I've ever done to save weight. I definitely mentioned this um, back in the episode Flossie and I did. This was 2020, so a long time ago, where uh, we just went over our Northfield Plaza Trail through hike. And so, and I've probably mentioned it since then too. So in 2020, Flossie and I hike in the, the NPT, 140 miles, I think. And before I left, I decided to take my phone out of its case. I was like, I don't need to bring the phone case. Um, you know, and, and, and also to be clear, it wasn't like I had a giant like otter box, like case. it wasn't like a massive, like super heavy like case. Like a life proof. It, yeah, no, it wasn't any, it was just a normal, like pretty lightweight, like mm. pretty small phone case. And I was like, no, I'm not going to bring that. And so <laughs> I think it was a day two or something. I, I keep my phone or at the time anyways, I kept my phone in my hip belt pocket on my backpack but mm-hmm. the the pocket was like too small. Actually, you know what? I think I might have had. I, I think the pocket was too small to like fully zip up with my phone in there, and so I would just kind of put it so in there and like decisions. I would zip it up a little bit. But and it was like it was fairly snug. But you know, it wasn't. If I were to bend down or something, it, there's a risk of it falling out, which I. I'm I'm spoiling the story a little bit, but anyways, I think I was filtering water with my backpack on is what I was doing, and so I kind of bent mm-hmm. over a little bit, like as I was squeezing my bottle, and the phone fell out. It fell right onto a root, like a big root, and so like a hard surface, and the back of the phone just like cracked, and like it, it it looks like a like a BB was shot at it or something. Um, fortunately, it was the back, and it wasn't the front, and so. The screen wasn't affected too much, and then once That's I good. got home and I got my case back, I slapped it on, and then I kind of forgot about it because I couldn't see it back <laughs> anymore, and I ended up using the phone for a while after that, so it was okay, but it could have been real, real bad, and I did break the phone. I mean, I did mm-hmm. definitely like crack the glass pretty good on the back of it, and as soon as I did that, I was like, dude, was that worth it? Like, <laughs> for like, <laughs> I don't even know how much a case weighs, maybe an ounce or two max, like probably not even. Um, yeah, it, it was a tiny little case, and like, man, that, that was that was probably the dumbest thing I've ever done, honestly, to save weight. <laughs> I actually, you know what? To be fair, though, taking the case off, not that crazy decision because I hiked the AT with my phone in a life-proof case, Ooh. Um, and I don't remember why I dropped it, but at one point I dropped it, and it somehow in a life-proof case managed to land on a pointy rock, screen down Ooh. flat on the point of the rock, and it. It's weird. It did not break the glass at all. The glass was 100% fine, but the LCD underneath or LED OLED, I don't know what kind of screen my phone had, um, went completely out. Oh, so man. I actually have video from like when the screen was out. And like every time I'm like, I don't know if this phone is taking a video. But... <laughs> um, and we actually somehow in the next town managed to find a cell phone repair service that would drive to us because there were none in that town. So we couldn't like reach to one. It was like an hour away or something and they drove to us to repair the phone and you know we had to pay a price for that but um it was so worth it and they fixed my phone and like we hiked out same day with my wow. phone fixed well, that worked out insane. pretty damn well. where where yeah. were you i think it was um it was in virginia one of the towns right after tinker cliffs 
Mm. Like there's a town that like you could go into from Tinker Close. And I think it was one of the towns that like you could kind of walk into. Because I remember walking like a half mile down the road. And I feel like it started with a D, but it's not Damascus. Yeah, I can't remember, honestly. Um, yeah. I don't. I barely even remember Tinker Cliffs, to be honest. But, damn, that's what? crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. I, was it on the trail or was it off the trail? Tinker Cliffs? It was on trail. Is it just after It was, yeah, just after McAfee. Okay, I do like, remember it. was like a it. weird turn to get on top of them because I remember I saw the turn. I spent like three minutes there just like looking like, what am I supposed to do here? And then I was up on top and I heard someone hiking down below and I called out and was like, Baker, is that you? And he was like, what? What, what are you doing up there? And I was like, you're not on trail, dude. <laughs> Tinker Cliff. <laughs> is Dragon's Tooth on trail? Or is it like a side trail? Yeah. I know I skipped uh, I one of those two. It's ever so slightly off. It's like it's it's not it's far it's close enough that I was willing to do the off trail miles to it. Oh man! <laughs> so it had to be less than point three. <laughs> okay, I think I I think I skipped. I think it was the one before McAfee that I skipped, mm-hmm. which I think it was Dragon's Tooth. There's probably yeah, some guy yeah. on the AT right now, like in Virginia, like oh, these idiots. I don't even remember, but. Um, I skipped. So I think I did Tinker Cliffs. Anyways, um, yeah, that's crazy you were able to find. I didn't even know like right? traveling cell phone services existed. I don't like, think it was standard. I think they did it special. Wow. So, okay. So almost yeah. a little bit of trail magic. I guess you still have to pay for it, obviously. Yeah, honestly, but. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we paid you know, we paid them for the service and their time, but like still, it was incredible that they were willing to do that. Cause like, yeah, I, know. I think the ma- it was after hours too. It's so like the manager store Lily was just like, yo, bring some stuff with me and oh, come nice. out there. Yeah. That's um, so cool. But anyway, so my, my life proof case didn't do anything. So you saving those two ounces probably was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I haven't made that mistake. I haven't done it since. So no, who I knows, wouldn't hide without a case either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like that is like you like you need your phone. Like it's it's more mm-hmm. for just than taking pictures and swiping on Tinder. Like you need you need your phone out there. Um <laughs> Which is, I don't even know why I'm saying, like, obviously, everybody listening to this is like, no shit. I'm literally listening to this on my phone right now. So um, <laughs> I should probably stop talking. Uh, what's number six? Um, let me see. I'm here. Oh, this one, Baker kind of spoiled the story. He already kind of told it. But um, this was the I, this was the inspiration for the whole episode, yes. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I am very keen on making sure that when I pick an item, I'm picking the lightest one I can pick that I'm willing to use. Um, and so we, but we own like a, a luggage scale, like one of those things to weigh our packs and we own a kitchen scale to weigh like smaller items for when we're building our lighter packs. Um, and I, I'm one of those people, I have to have camp shoes or I'm an unhappy person. Um, and it well, also, I think this... is an important part of why my feet do so well on a hike. Hold up, hold up, hold um, up. Disregard all that. Remember <laughs> how at the beginning of the episode, we're thinking of ways that we can get you to be officially ultralight? Uh-huh. You get rid of camp shoes. even just one of those camp shoes and you're no, there, No, no. Together, they weigh four ounces. Wow. Okay. I mean, you're still yeah, probably there, yeah. but damn, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I totally, okay, again, I totally it's cut the, you off. It's, the, it's okay. It's the, the thing with it being four ounces is it's the cheat code. I'm small. I bought children's flip-flops. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, the foam ones are the lightest ones. Like those rinky-dinky yeah. $1 like crappy foam ones. They're yeah. the lightest ones. I also think they're super comfortable. So yeah. um, anyway, so I, I took my kitchen scale to Walmart and I remember being super nervous when I came in. I was like, I hope that because we had bought the scale at Walmart and I was like, oh, I hope they don't think we stole oh, this. So I literally yeah. went up to the door greeter and I showed him my my bag that I had everything in and I showed him the scale. And I was like, I, I'm bringing this in. Is that okay? And he was, oh, these people will get paid enough. He was like, I don't care, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and then I went to the shoe area and I remember I wanted so badly. Okay, this is such a weird niche, tiny person thing. <laughs> My feet are just slightly too large to fit in toddler shoes, but the toddler flip-flops have an extra feature where they come with a little band that goes around the back of your heel, Ooh. which would make them so much better for water crossings. Yeah, And I wanted would. so desperately to fit into those that I spent like half an hour searching for the largest toddler size I could, but it, just, it wasn't <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, so I weighed every single flip-flop there um, that looked like it would be light, and I settled on this one pair of kids' flip-flops, but – and this is where like the tag cutting thing in, comes in again because they – for these like really cutesy flip-flops with little like chiffon flowers on the little <laughs> straps. Um, and I remember sitting there for a long time once I got home and thinking, ah, should I cut these off or should I leave them? I was like, and I just, I spent a long time debating it. And finally I was like, you know what? It's going to be less than a quarter of an ounce. These are like chiffon. They're not heavy. And it will be much funnier to see how long they last before they fall off. <laughs> I hiked the whole Colorado trail and every other like weekend backpacking we've done, including one trip where I, 
I have an issue where frequently I forget to put shoes on when I'm leaving the house. <laughs> I don't know why it's a problem, but it's a problem. Um, and we went on an overnight camping trip where we did a hike with a friend. And we literally, not it was not until the day that we went to go do the hike that I realized I did not pack any kind of hiking shoes. Oh, or shoes that's or my shoes. biggest All fear. I had- all I had with me were these stupid Walmart flip-flops that already had 500 miles on them. And not that I hiked all 500 miles in them, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They're already pretty worn through. And that's all I had, but I did have my toe socks. So I wore my toe socks and my flip-flops for an eight-mile hike. Um, <laughs> so those – and not a single one of the chiffon flowers has come off. Those shoes are rock stars. <laughs> that is so awesome. Oh, man. I have so many thoughts right now. So first of all, <laughs> I'm just getting so much anxiety hearing that because that is – my two biggest fears when it comes to hiking, or, or well, okay, logistical gear related fears, kind of. The first one is I'm really afraid of losing my car keys, like while I'm on trail. We have one of those stories too. Oh no! Okay, we're, we're gonna have to get to that. We're gonna have to get to that. That is a huge fear of mine. I it, actually, it kind of happened not to me, but to a friend. One time we uh, we weren't backpacking. We just we um hiked up. Uh, some ski trails on Mount Mansfield Snow Resort and skied down. And by the time we got down, it was like dark basically. And my friend realized that he had left his keys at the top of the mountain. Oh, no. <laughs> so ever since then, so that's my first like huge fear. And my second fear is when I pack for a, a trip, because like, especially if you're doing like a longer drive to get there or something, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you're not going to, you know, you're probably not going to drive in your hiking yeah. shoes. Yeah. And I'm always afraid I'm going to remember to grab them before I leave. And I'm going to not realize that you get to the trailhead. Oh, man, that gives me so much anxiety. That gives me so yeah, much luckily anxiety. Luckily, it was just a day hike. Yeah, it was just a short one. Like, man, that, yeah, that, that freaks me out. But um, going back to the scale thing. So when Baker said this on the last episode, I was like, yes. Because there have been multiple times where I've been, you know, trying to buy some obscure gear item or even even like a even at like an rei um like buying like a actual piece of gear where i'm just like man like i wish i knew how much this weighed and i've had moments that have flashed in my brain where i'm like i should have just brought my scale like screw it i know that's weird i should have brought it but then i'm always like nah i can't i can't go that far but you did go that far and i i I appreciate that i respect (laughs) that and i think that is so awesome right into the show anybody listening if you've uh if you've had this thought before or if, if you've actually done it too, like brought your scale into Walmart to weigh the camp shoes or the whatever, um, I think that's so awesome, Jessica. <laughs> it's so sick. Um, but anyways, what's the – okay, what's the story with the keys real quick? So it's not quite that we lost the keys, but so when, when Baker was hiking the Florida Trail, his family and I met up with him um, at a section and we parked cars at either end of this section my car was one of them. And when we were packing up and getting ready to go, we were all hanging out. It was fun. And we left to go. And it was a great time except for the mosquitoes because it's mm-hmm. Florida. Um, and we get to the other end. We get to the other car. And we get into that car. And I realize I do not have my car keys. Oof. They are in my car, unlocked <laughs> in my car at the other end. Luckily, somehow, we had just – we had cell service. And somehow, in this incredibly rural area of Florida – Uber worked and we were able to oh, call wow. an Uber <laughs> and pay someone to drive one of us back to my car to go and get in and get the keys and bring the car back. But yeah, we luckily did not have to hike because it was like a two day, I think two night hike. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it wasn't like you it would have been a long distance. Double back. Yeah. No, no. It would have oh. taken someone like, I mean, none of us were trail runners, but even then it probably would have taken a, an entire day for a trail runner to do it. It was yeah. like, I think a 30 mile section or something. Oh man. Like, um, let me just go run a marathon real quick to go get right? the keys. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, that was very fortunate that we were able to call an Uber in the middle of nowhere, Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that worked out. Jeez. Um, yeah. it's almost like the trail gods were looking out for you. Yes. Yeah. The trail really did provide cause that we were really stranded. <laughs> Okay. Oh, so no, no, it wasn't my key. It was it was the key to their car. I had locked the key to their car in my car. I don't oh. know who gave it to me or why, which was a dumb decision. They Baker's family knows me well enough by now. They should know not. Like his mom knows me well enough that when we go places, she checks to see if there's shoes on my feet. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know whose idea it was to give me the the key. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked out. Um, yeah. Okay. Shit. What, what was that? Was that number uh... six? Okay. So number seven. Okay. So. This one, this is number seven, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So number seven, um, 
This one was specific to the PCT. And so this one's a little different, but kind of the same general principle of like a mistake I made to say, wait, stupid thing. So I've never been one to hike with gators. Like you see them on the AT sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just never, I just never saw the need. I, there wasn't ever a time on the AT or any East coast hiking I've done where I was like, man, I really wish I had some gators. And before the PCT, I think I had said in one of my videos, like one of my gear videos, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to bring gators or whatever. And I got some comments being like, eh, you might want to rethink that one. And I was like, ah, I was like, if I really want them, I'll pick them up eventually. And so I started without gators and very quickly began to realize that like hiking in the desert like that, like, man, I need some, I need some fucking gators. But I was like, yeah, I'll just, gets everywhere. I'll just like, and I don't know what it was because Flossie, it's kind of funny. He did the AT with gators. And then on the PCD, he didn't carry gators um, <laughs> or, or wear gators. And he was fine with it on the PCT. He was like, yeah, no, it's not a problem. And like he, every day he would take his shoes off. His feet were like clean. I would take my shoes off and they were like orange from all the, all the dirt <laughs> and all the sand and stuff. And I, I just dragged my feet, I guess, or something. I don't know what it is, but I was just constantly getting stuff in my shoes in the desert. And it's kind of like the sunken, what is it, the sunken cost fallacy? Mm-hmm. Not directly, but um, the further I got in, the more I realized I needed gators, but the the more I was just like, ah, well, I've come this far. I don't, I'm just not going to get them. And so I, I should have just got them at the beginning or maybe at like my first couple town stops when I realized that I really needed them, like I said I would in that video. Um, but <laughs> I just didn't do it. And so I just suffered through the entire desert without gators. And see, this is like, certainly like the weight savings are great, but I think more, this was also just kind of a pride thing. I was like, nah, like I don't wear gators. Like I've never used gators. Like gators are goofy or whatever, but I will say that Flossie and I were some of the only hikers that did not, or through hikers anyways, that did not have gators in the desert. Like most people, I would say the vast majority of through hikers certainly had them. And so I would recommend it especially if you're someone who tends to drag their feet and get a lot of stuff in your, in your shoes. I would, again, uh, East coast, I'm totally fine without them, but next time I go back in the desert, I'm definitely going to need them for sure. I think it depends a lot too on how tight your shoes are around your ankles and what kind of weave the toe box area is like some shoes that are super breathable. They're so breathable. They'll let sand in through the toe box. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that could be part of the difference between you and, um, Flossy, if you guys are wearing different shoes, I actually also started the AT with no gaiters and ended up getting gaiters halfway through because, and I again attribute this to why my feet do so well on trail, but I have very princess in the pea feet. Like even <laughs> if like a flat leaf gets in my shoe, I will lose my mind. I can't hike on it. I have to stop <laughs> and get it out of my shoe. And I eventually got tired of stopping three times every mile to empty my shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely hike with gators. Um, I don't know that I wouldn't consider gators very heavy though. Like if you buy no, especially like the dirty girl not. gators and like not the ones that wrap or strap or anything like that, they're they're pretty light. Yeah, and they're fashionable too. I mean, come on, so cool. They're I so love sick. the tan line. I remember when I was in Wrightwood, California. I think, which is oh god, I think it's like I don't know, three hundred miles in some something like that. Maybe like around halfway through the desert. Um, I was like looking at the gate. They had dirty girl gators at one of the stores in town. And I, I just like was there. And I was just like staring at him for a minute. And I was like, <laughs> do I do it? Do I not? I probably said something to Flossie and he was probably like, dude, I don't give a shit. Just do, do, do whatever you want. <laughs> um, and I think it's hard to convince yourself to buy him on trail too, though. Cause like, I feel like when you're preparing for a hike, it's a lot easier to swallow the price yeah. of a lot of the gear. But when you're on trail, like, I don't know how much they are. They're like, over 20 bucks, maybe over 30 bucks. They're expensive. Yeah. For, like a piece of fabric that goes on your like, I know. Angles. I don't even think it was the price. <laughs> like I it, said, but... I, I think it was just the, I think it was just the pride and the fact that at that point I was, <laughs> and I was right. Like after the desert, I didn't get nearly as much stuff in my shoes. Although you still mm-hmm. do out there. I mean, it's still dry and like, mm-hmm. you know, little rocks and stuff. One time I, I, uh, I got a little tear in the the top of the toe box of my shoe, mm-hmm. and then I think it was just from creasing, like s- repeated stepping or something. That happened on a couple of pairs of my uh, Ultra Olympuses, and one time I tripped on a little root, and the mm-hmm. root caught in the tear, and then just tore it like wide open. <laughs> So it was like a no. huge tear in my shoe. I still had like I, I already knew like where my next pair of shoes were gonna be like sent. And so I had to suck it up for like hundred and fifty miles, I think, with this <gasps> giant tear. And so I was Why didn't getting... you just bounce the box? 
Um, I think I think my parents had already sent it out or something, and I I don't know. You can still bounce it though if it's really? being held general delivery. Yeah. You can like have them send it. Yeah. How do That's you- what Baker and I did with our winter gear. We had them send it. We thought we were going to want it. I think in Hanover and we weren't ready for cold weather gear yet. And so we bounced it to, I think Gorham is where we got our, yeah. um, our cold weather gear. So yeah, it's, I, I, as long as you don't open the box, it, I don't know if it's still the same, but it used to be that you didn't have to pay more to bounce it to another general delivery, like, um, post office. See, I've heard people talking about that too. Like, Oh, you can like call them, but like, are they supposed to do that? Because what if, how do they prove your identity? You know? No, that's true. I don't know. You could know. just like prank. Like if yeah. you meet some hiker that's like an asshole no, and you want to fuck with them, you do that? just call the next post office <gasps> and be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make it. You can just send it back. <laughs> oh no. I don't know. I don't think they'll send it back. It has to go to another post office. I you think just, that's the key. It's, just, it's post just, office to post office. Just send it to a post office in like Iowa or something. <laughs> oh God. Who don't do that? that. Don't do that. Oh. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I feel like they're probably not supposed to do, but they definitely do. Like I've, I've heard of other stories besides just yours. I think it's a standard feature of the post office system and that's why hikers started using it well i well you can certainly bounce them in person you know like oh i got to oh pick you know up. what I, we never bounced by phone call so i don't know if you can bounce by phone call actually. oh oh okay yeah I, for we, some reason we, I thought you we went to the post office call. in person and like bounced it how'd you oh 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 no shit because you were setting it up ahead further rather than yeah than yeah. having one that's been delivered and then having it sent back oh, towards you. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if that would have worked for you. Yeah, I feel like I definitely have heard stories of people just bouncing boxes by calling, though. So, yeah. I don't know. Especially, it might be like a, a hiker thing, too. Like, these post offices are just used to hearing or just used to, mm-hmm. like, servicing hikers. And they understand kind of what you're doing and understand how something like that might happen where you might need a box sent, like, further up or, or something like that. So, I don't know. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, okay, number eight. What's number eight? Um, so I actually just thought of one, so I'm going to okay. throw out the one that I was originally going to say real quick, just as a, an honorable mention to Baker. Okay. Um, he has on multiple times mid through hike swapped out all of his gear, <laughs> like, <laughs> like pretty much everything, which is such a ballsy move. Cause you're just asking for like, like all at once? bad rashes from your pack. Yeah. Like he switched his pack, his shoes, his, um, at one on the Arizona trail at one point, he freaked his parents out. Cause he didn't tell anyone. He mailed back his entire tent and we were like, dude, what are you sleeping in? Um, so yeah, so he's honorable mention to him for that. But I actually thought of a different one. That's, um, I don't know if it's crazier than that. It's less ballsy, but it's okay. maybe a little crazier. Um, before the AT, I was determined to find the lightest puffy I could that I liked. And again, this is, again, in the small person thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted so badly to just get a ghost whisper and call it good, right? Yeah. I think at the time that was the lightest thing you could get. Um, but the arms were too long. And I have this weird thing where the neck on a puffy has to fit just in a certain way. I, it can't touch the bottom of my chin, the underside of my chin, and it <laughs> can't be too loose and it can't be too snug around the neck because I don't like ones with hoods. Um, and so I on Amazon ordered every single packable down <laughs> lightweight jacket that I could. I think I ordered 10 puffies, what? including the Ghost Whisper, oh, um, to try all of them and weigh all of them. And then I calculated the weight versus the, the, the cost per ounce saved versus the ghost whisper. Um, and I ended up landing on, and it, I'm so upset because this I think this company is like pretty much discontinued because they're still on Amazon, but they only sell like an extra large and a large size. So I, I need to buy a new one and I can't because they don't carry my size anymore. But it was um, Exposure Zone Women's Lightweight Packable Down Jacket. Um, and it was 7.2 ounces for my size, which the ghost whisper in my size was like five point something. So it was only like not even two ounces more. Mm-hmm. And it cost at the time $30. Wow. Okay. It was stupid. And I mean, that hike lasted me the AT, the Colorado trail, everything else. The only thing that broke on it was the zipper. Like I'm sure I could take it to a tailor and get, yeah. the, get it re-zippered. Save some weight. Um, right <laughs> right now it's it's not as warm if you can't zip it yeah um but yeah so i i tried and returned like almost 10 p- puffy jackets that and since is, then i've been that I've is been exactly what we're going for in this episode jessica <laughs> that is so perfect i love that 10 different jackets <laughs> yes amazon was probably like what the hell like just like you're like basically running a mini post office there all these packages coming in and coming back out that's that is yeah, basically i I think it's I think it's funny that you didn't think of that until you know midway through the episode and that wasn't on the original list because that is that is exactly like I said what we're going for in this episode like the most like ridiculous Unhinged. things you've done to 
save weight. <laughs> that is that is so. I mean, I, I guess it does make sense because like we were probably thinking more in terms of like things that we've done like on trail kind of or like gear that mm-hmm. we're actually carrying. Maybe not like actually. Then again, the gear the, we the, didn't the, carry. The scale the scale in Walmart. So yeah, no. I mean, uh, anyways, that's that's what reminded that's me of it. <laughs> that's yeah. so good. And since then, I've been wanting to replace it with like a nicer down jacket, and I. Every time I go to REI or any kind of outdoor store, I try on every puffy and I still cannot find anything that works except for recently. Um, we went, there was like a random store of some like Norwegian brand in um, Boulder, Colorado, and they have a puffy that's lighter than the Ghost Whisper. Oh. It's insane. I think it was like, it was, I think it was like 4.8 ounces or something stupid. It was like stupid. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, but because it's like a Norwegian jacket, even though it was a women's cut, it was just like I I couldn't get a fit that would work, and it mm. was I remember I sat I was in that store for like an hour. The poor store employee was like, "What is this girl doing?" Because <laughs> I just kept trying on like three different sizes, like one that fit my neck, one that fit like my waist, one that fit like my bust, and like there was none that fit all three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, "What Bummer. is happening?" <laughs> it was the most disappointing thing ever because I wanted it. It was also made the Ghost Whisper look like a reasonable price, so oh, it's probably yeah. a good thing I didn't buy it. Yeah, well. Uh... <laughs> That's what I mean, you, you get pay, when it's, you pay for the weight. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Damn, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, number nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number nine. Um, so this is another thing I did in the past, uh, which I feel like this one was kind of reasonable to be honest. But um, this was before I even did the AT. This was back in like twenty twenty. What do you? What year did I do the Grafton Loop Trail? This year I graduated high school, so 2014. Um, I feel like there was this craze, and I said this in a video once, and I had a couple comments that agreed with me. So I think this was a thing um, back in like 2014. I think the Sawyer Mini had just come out or something. Oh, those are terrible! And and like everybody, it was all the rave on WhiteBlaze.net and Reddit and all these places I was frequent frequenting back then for gear advice and. So I was like, of course I'm going to get the Sawyer Mini like everyone else. Like it's an ounce or two light or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got the Sawyer Mini and it worked well for like, you know, the first four liters of water that you put through it. It was probably about the same <laughs> as the regular Sawyer in terms of flow rate. But mm-hmm. uh, that thing slowed down real quick. Um, and like I still love Sawyer. I still use the regular squeeze to this mm-hmm. day. And I will say, um, I think they still make the Mini. Again, this was back mm-hmm. in 2014, you know, almost 10 years ago now. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're better now, and I haven't used it since then. So I'm I'm not saying it's just like a total piece of crap forever. I wouldn't but, um, trust it. Back at yeah, you don't see too many of them. I will say so. Like back then, certainly, I regretted that big time, and I really there was a number of trips where I really had I was just like, man, I should have just sucked it up for those extra couple ounces because this thing it just it's literally a two we all difference. we all know the how maddening it is when your filter is clogged and you're just sitting there slowly filtering it's just dripping in and it's just and you just want to keep moving or you want to eat dinner mm-hmm. or do whatever and it makes it's your just, hands hurt yeah it makes your hands hurt my thighs too because i always squeeze it with my thighs baker like, would sit on his he had the mini he had the same <laughs> issue and he would literally sit on it i have a video of him when he's like look away because it looks like he's just peeing into his clean bottle. <laughs> <laughs> <That's so good. laughs> yeah the sawyer mini it was not the move and i i regretted that one for sure but i don't know maybe Maybe they've gotten better. I don't know. I just like to throw that out there because, you know, trying to be transparent. I haven't (laughs) used it since 2014, back when I was not even old enough to drink alcohol. So, like, you know, (laughs) it could have changed. But I don't know. You you don't really see too many thru-hikers using that, honestly. It's probably – it'd be a good good thing to maybe just, like, throw in your your day pack, not really planning on using it, but just having it there just in case or something maybe. I don't know. But – um. Yeah, I would go with the regular. I would just bring like Aquamira or something in that scenario. Oh yeah, actually that'd be way better because then what if you're not carrying bottles at the store? Yeah, you're 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 mm-hmm. very right on that. Uh, but anyways, um, we're timing this perfectly, by the way. We're Ooh. we're almost an hour and we're getting to number ten. And did you say right. before we started recording, Jessica? Did you say this was like what was the word you used? The most? I think some people are. This is going to rile some people up. Okay, okay. Um, and I want to be clear that I am not recommending this as a way <laughs> okay. to save weight. I am not saying that people should be doing this. Okay, um, but this is a good segue from the Sawyer because actually the weight difference between the Mini and the regular Sawyer is two ounces. And the way at some point on the AT, I started measuring the weight I was saving. 
by how many extra granola bars I could carry. <laughs> That's one granola bar, okay? So you can just carry one less granola bar and you saved the weight of the red, carrying the regular Sawyer, okay? <clears throat> so one of the ways that I save weight and it's free, I carry as little water as I can between water sources mm. and I carry as little food as I can between towns because it would take more than 24 hours to die of thirst. It would take more than two days to die of hunger. So even if I miscalculate and I run out, I'm not going to die. See, food, so I, usually... <laughs> food I understand for sure. Mm-hmm. Water, and it also depends Spicy. on... Spicy. It depends on what trail too, obviously. Because yeah. like yeah. on the AT, I mean... No big deal. It's really not a big deal. Um, I'm not sure how the Colorado trail is. I imagine it's got to be a little bit drier than the, than the uh, AT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so most of it's not too bad. Most of it's like six miles-ish between sources. There is one section that on wet years is a 15 mile dry stretch and on dry years is like a 22 mile dry stretch mm. um but it's not like the arizona trail or even i'm sure the desert on the pct yeah um which i would probably be a little more conservative is makes is misleading it sounds like i'd carry less but like i'd be more conservative about calculating how much water i need on those yeah. but like my goal is to end up at my water source with two sips left in my bottle <laughs> and i stop it like almost i stop at every single on on trail source because i do the sawyer thing where i take the sawyer off my bottle dip it and keep walking yeah um so it's like it's not like arduous i'm not gravity filtering or anything like that um and i'm not waiting like 20 minutes on an aqua mirror to treat my water um and so i've had several times where it happened once in the at where someone looked at my water bottle and was like oh my god how do you only have like 100 milliliters of water left and there's two <laughs> miles to go and i was like first of all i i at this point in how much miles I've hiked, I know exactly how much water I will drink yeah. based on the elevation profile, the mileage, the heat, the cloudiness or sunniness. Like I know I can, every variable is calculated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm very rarely surprised by how much I drink or don't drink. And it was a rainy, cold day on the AT. I was like, and I knew it was like three or four miles to the next water source, but I was like, I'm going to drink like three or four sips in the next four miles. Like I'm not going to drink very much. Um, but he freaked out and convinced me that he needed to give me water. <laughs> and... I, so I took my bottle and I took the lid off and he took his bottle with a Sawyer and I was like, okay, that's fine. And before I could do anything, he took the Sawyer off the bottle and poured his dirty water into oh, my clean bottle. And so the then hell? I had two dirty bottles and couldn't drink the, I don't know why at the time it didn't occur to me, just like swap my Sawyer and drink out of that bottle. But I just didn't drink water at all for the next like four miles. <laughs> so it's the total opposite, total yeah. opposite effect. Jeez. Yeah. And then on the Colorado Trail one time, um, I think I had been planning to go to a water source that was like 0.2 off trail. And when I got there, I was like feeling lazy and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. And then the clouds cleared up and it got really hot and sunny in the oh. next trek to my next water source. And this guy I was hiking around was looking at my bottle and I think he noticed cause I was looking at it kind of like trying to do some calculations in my head and he was like, Hey, do you want some water? And I was like, yeah, actually that would be really great. <laughs> and he, okay. This guy had a 60 pound pack but cold soaked his food. Like, I don't know how oh, his pack weighed that much. I don't know what he was carrying. Cause he also, he didn't have like a super heavy tent. Like, I don't, I don't know what he was doing, but he cold soaked out of his Nalgene, which was also his water bottle. And he didn't clearly didn't like clean it between meals. <laughs> and so when he poured it into my bottle, I was smart this time. I took the Sawyer off my bottle and had him pour it into my dirty bottle, but it tasted so bad that I didn't get to drink any more water for the next four months. Oh, man. It was so hot and dry. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad Brutal. so i don't let people give me water anymore <laughs> yeah you learned your lessons <laughs> yeah Jeez. i mean it's definitely like it's it's a little bit controversial but like it really is true like once you hike enough you really do know how much water you're gonna need based on the terrain and the conditions and stuff and so i don't think it's i don't think it's like that unreasonable I I, de- I generally do like kind of err on the side of caution a little bit, and I'll usually show up with like maybe half a liter left or something like that. Ooh. But yeah, I know. I, I rarely carry more than half a liter. I also tend to like carry less water than most people would, just because like I tend to try to ride the line of dehydration. Because <laughs> I again the toilet paper issue. I'm trying not to carry a ton. I'm trying not to stop and pee every hour. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's so... fair. I guess I guess when I said half a liter too, I was kind of thinking in terms of the PCT. On the AT, mm, it was, yeah, it was less. Story. It was definitely less yeah. on the AT. I rarely carried more than a liter unless I was like dry camping or something, but mm-hmm. it doesn't happen yeah. very much on the AT. But no, I don't know. No. And yeah, and I actually got this idea because on the AT, I remember at one point, I think it was in North Carolina, Baker and I started realizing we were like, we'd look at the topo and generally speaking, like when you do a climb at the end of the climb or somewhere on the de- next downhill, 
there's a water source. Yeah. And so we started looking at it and then dumping out all but like the amount of water we thought we'd drink while we did the climb. So we wouldn't have to carry the water up the climb. <laughs> and then I just started applying that 100% of the time like, yeah. later on in the trail. It gets a little complicated when you have longer water carries. But yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you might as well. Uh, yeah, and, and just be careful, people. If you're not, yeah. unless, unless you really resonate with what we're saying here and you're like, yeah, like, I know exactly how much water. Like, if you're not sure, like, you definitely need, don't just guess. Like, you, you do need to err on the side of caution there. Yeah, um, 100%. But, you know, it is it is definitely something that I think a lot of people do once they A liter weighs 2.2 pounds. It's, yep. it's heavy. It's really heavy. Um, and also, I would say that I would not be doing that on any kind of trail that was not well populated. Right? Yeah. Like, if I was hiking the Hey Duke, I would be carrying an extra liter that but more than I thought I needed mm-hmm. at all times or something yeah. like that you know like the 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 three big trails any kind of popular backpacking trails like you, chances are good if you were really like somehow stuck and injured and, and like only had your two sips of water probably someone would come across you and be willing to give you a few sips and help call SOS like yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. which we don't want that to happen but yeah you no. got a lifeline <laughs> yeah um all right that's going to do it that was that was the 10. That was perfect. That was so fun, Jessica. So thank you so much for coming on here. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. And um, we'll have to do another one soon. Next time you think of a, a fun list kind of episode like this, you know, I'm all about it. So, so thank you very much. Yeah, of course. All right. That's going to do it, everybody. Thanks for listening. And yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Woohoo!